Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Today, I'm going to speak to you about going back to This Is My Story. We've been in this series for quite some time. I'm excited today. And one of the reasons why I'm excited, usually this doesn't happen to me, but as I started to read the verse, the first verse that I was assigned to, I just couldn't move on. I I mean, it's as if the Holy Spirit stopped me right there and said, Myron, this is important. And I I tried to move on. I tried to keep going, but I kept coming back to it. And I want to share something with you. I think it's going to enlighten you. It's enlightened me. It's made me have a different perspective. And I want to share that with you. Are you okay with that? Good, good. I'm I'm glad you guys are okay. Pastor, he's got to see that? That's the pastor for us, huh? He's got to keep us right. He's got to keep us right. Good. Well, listen, if you have your Bibles or you can just simply look on the screens with me. If you have your cell phones, I want you to turn to Genesis, the 24th chapter, and let's look at verse 1 where I just got stopped in my tracks. The verse says, Abraham was now a very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. Come on, I need some feedback. We're supposed to read with each other, right? let's, Let's go over that again. Abraham was now a very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. Who wants to be blessed? Man, I love blessings. I'm like, God, whatever you have, give it to me. I'll receive it. But you know, the one thing about blessings is that if I had to take a poll here today, this morning, if I asked some of you, what is the blessings of God? What are the blessings of God? I think many of us would be just like me, just like my family. We would probably say, well, blessings is success. Blessings, God, is good health. It's a great family. It's having some money in my pocket. It's having a good job. And yes, that's blessings. But I think it's important that we go a little bit deeper and you have a fuller meaning of what blessed is. This is why I don't want Opelousas Campus to go out of these doors, you to walk out of these doors, and because you don't think you have material possessions, success, prosperity in terms of the physical, that you walk out of these doors thinking that you aren't blessed. I think it would be a disservice to me as the associate pastor of this campus that I wouldn't let you know what true blessings are so you can walk in your blessings. Amen? And so let's look at a, a deeper view of what blessings is. And when we look at Abraham's encounter with God, we can view blessings a little bit fuller, a little bit better. Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. And Pastor Eugene preached on this several weeks ago. This is God talking to Abraham. God said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Read this with me. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. How is that, God? How am I blessed now because of Abraham? And so 
I think it's important for me not to interpret this scripture on my own, but a lot of times I think it's even more important, it's better for us that scripture interprets scripture. So we're going to go back to the New Testament, seeing how the Old Testament is connected with the New Testament, and we're going to allow Paul to speak to you through the Holy Spirit, and you know what? I might have to drop the mic after that, and I can go and sit down. Are you good with that? This is what Paul says in terms of interpreting Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. He says in Galatians 3, 13 and 14, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. That means that Jesus became a curse for us. Thank God for that, right? For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who was hung on a tree. Verse 14, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Wow. These verses explain how we can be blessed and what the blessings of God is. So Pastor Myron, how can I be blessed? I, 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 want some, I need something right now. I'm struggling right now, Pastor Myron. I've got some situations going on in my family right now. So, so how can I be blessed? It's simple, y'all. You can be blessed through faith in Jesus Christ. It's, it's not some theological hard way to go about doing it where you have to work for something. This is about your belief. It's about you believing God. Now, I believe all of us in the room believe in God, which means we believe in his existence. But my question to you, do you believe God? Do you trust God? Do you stand on the promises of God? Are the promises of God yes and amen in your life? There are many times we think of promises. Yes, God, I know you're going to do that for them, but I don't know about me. What are the blessings of God? Genesis 3 14 makes it clear, I'm sorry, Galatians 3, 14 makes it clear that the blessings in Christ Jesus that God wants us to receive, it it isn't the material things. You know what it is? It's the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, y'all, that just, it blows my mind away that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, the Father, the Trinity is active all the way in Genesis. Don't let anybody fool you and to think that, you know what, it's only God the Father. The Holy Spirit and Jesus is right there in the Old Testament. That's important for us to understand. Listen, because of our faith in Jesus, we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit, guaranteeing our inheritance of a new character, a new power, and a new authority. How many of us need new authority today? It's important that we understand this. This is why, Apollosis. Because there's evil that's in our city, in our nation, in our region that many times we give too much credit. A lot of times we say, well, we can't get things accomplished because of this. We can't do this because of that. I'm not worth it. I'm not valuable to get this done. I want our pollutions in this region to understand is that God's mighty work through the Holy Spirit is going to do some great things through you. Do you receive that? 
Jesus told his disciples this. He says, I have given you authority over the power of the enemy. You can walk over snakes, scorpions, and trample over them. I've given you that authority. That's the power that's on the inside of us because of the Holy Spirit. The great thing about this promise and the Holy Spirit is that when you believe, when you have faith in God, when you have true faith, authentic faith, you know what happens? You receive Jesus Christ, that salvation comes in your life, and with salvation, the Holy Spirit is guaranteed to you. And you're walking, you're walking around with all the authority that you have. So don't let anybody tell you we can't get things accomplished in our city. We can do miracles in our city. We can break chains in our city. The crime rate can go down in our city because of you and me, because of the Holy Spirit that's working on the inside of us. Man, thank God for that promise. That's something for us, y'all. I think sometimes as Christians, we take it lightly that we are living and breathing and the Holy Spirit's in us. We're abiding in Jesus. Jesus is abiding in us. And sometimes we take that for granted. This is something for us to get excited about. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. You, you know, the Holy Spirit brings us freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, What? There is freedom. So all, of us who have, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed in his glorious image. I can't do anything that represents God and reflects the life of Jesus without the Holy Spirit residing in me. The work of the Spirit in our lives brings salvation. As I mentioned earlier, it brings sanctification. It takes that junk out of us. Who, who needs to be washed with some of that junk back in the days? Man, I tell you what, my wife is so happy that I'm saved. And, my, and, and the fact that I've been walking with God for a while and, you know, God's been taking out some of that junk. She, I'm, I'm surprised she's not shouting around church right now. You're a new creation, right? There's salvation from the works of the Holy Spirit, sanctification from the works of the Holy Spirit, and then last but not least, there's transformation. It's not because of you. There's no self-help book that can help you. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. He's activating some things on the inside of you that you weren't born with, you know what I'm saying? But you're born again, and now that new life in Christ, that new character, that new attitude, you will never be the same. Thank you, God, for the work of the Holy Spirit. When I look at the fruit of the Spirit, how is my life productive in Christ? When I look at love, joy, peace, kindness, I'm not a naturally kind or gentle guy. My whole life has been, you know what, I want to crush your head because I want to score baskets, and I want it to be all about me, y'all. I loved the big stages when I was playing ball. I liked playing in front of 18,000 people. But you know what God has to give me? He had to give me some humility. God had to give me some patience because on my own, I don't have that. I can't even, I can't even fake it till I make it. But one thing about God, when the Holy Spirit is working in you, you do some things that you don't naturally do. That's the supernatural on the inside of you. My God, come on, church. I look at Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount and when he was speaking 
about the Beatitudes. It's hard to believe what Jesus said. Jesus is talking about being blessed. And for me, if you asked me when I was 20, 21 years old, being blessed, hey, God, give me some money. Give me some, give me some temporal things. I need, some, I need some things I can see right now. But, but look at what Jesus said about those who are blessed. Blue, it just blows my mind. God blesses those who are humble. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice or righteousness. He blesses those who are merciful. Can, can you extend mercy to your brother and to your sister when, when something's done wrong to you or if you're offended? Can, can you extend mercy to people in your community that you might not get along with? Can you extend mercy to your neighbor? He blesses those who are pure in heart. He blesses those who work for peace. How many of us are working for peace? Because as Pastor Eugene said, you look at social media, you look at everything that's happening, trying to divide our world, trying to divide our town, our city. Huh? But, but it should be us. Amen. People who are filled with the Holy Spirit, the, the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we should be working to bring things together. We should be working, all of us in this house, working for peace. And the last but not least, blessed are those who are persecuted for doing right. We're going to be persecuted. But it's okay because we know that God is with us. Huh? We have power over the enemy. Right? We have authority over the enemy. Let, don't let anybody fool you. Oh, Satan is doing this. Satan is doing that. We know the enemy's working. We understand his schemes. We understand his plans. But you know what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This is a very important statement I'm about to make. And that statement is our spiritual blessings help us steward our earthly blessings. Now, now listen, material possessions, all these various things, it's okay. That's being blessed by God. It says the Bible says that God reigns on the good and the evil. We all get blessings from God because God loves us so much. But I want us to have a perspective and not grasp onto the material things are the earthly things are the temporal things we should be grasping onto and knowing that priority are those things that are eternal. Listen to this. Patience helps us appreciate that new job. Both are blessings. But a lot of times if you don't have patience, you start to get angry and now you start to get entitled. Well, I should have got that job a long time ago. Humility helps check our egos when given a job promotion. We'll keep on going. Wisdom helps us manage our finances. And I'll stop right there because maybe I, someone needs a word. Maybe you can't get your hands off that credit card. Huh? Because we're supposed to be the lender and not the borrower. That's what the word says. And, and so maybe you're swiping, you're swiping, but that bank account is going down and you just can't control yourself. So you know what? God has to give you some wisdom, some revelation from heaven to say, hey, 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 you're going to always be in debt. Maybe we have to stop going to those cash checking places. Ugh. I, I want to give you some of that because when they're charging you 200 and 400% interest, and, and they're put right next to you, 
okay, so that you can be advertised all over. When you go a little bit broke, you want to go over there. You know what happens over there? You stay broke. Is that okay? Okay. Let, let me move on. That's just one example. Now, now for all, I'm, I'm going to get, get with a few people. Now, what about our single folk? Discernment leads us to godly relationships. Godly relationships, both blessings. But you see how the spiritual blessings will help us to steward our earthly blessings. And then last but not least, faithfulness protects us from idolizing our material possessions. Man, God, I like, my, I, I like that car. And then you're driving all around. That car keeps you from even coming to serve on Sunday morning, huh? You're just rolling. Then you got to lean back. Huh? Thank God for the spiritual blessings. We are truly blessed to have the Holy Spirit working in us to reflect the nature of God through us. Now, can we move on? I moved on and I was reading and I just so happened to keep going to Genesis 25, 11. So, verse 24, 1, Abraham was blessing all that he had. Now, after Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac. Man, it's amazing when you're, when you're in a God-fearing household. It's amazing, parents, when your faith starts to rub off on your children. It's amazing that the blessings that God has given you starts to pour and seep onto your children. Listen, I want the blessings of God to be passed on to my children and to my grandchildren. God has honored Reverend Dr. Matt Guillory Sr. That's my dad. You know, Baptist churches, you got all the titles. God's honored his faith. I didn't always agree with my dad, but I can tell you one thing, you cannot question his faith. And because of his faith, I've witnessed in my life and in my siblings' life, I've witnessed the blessings that was poured on my father. I'm experiencing those same blessings today. It's important, parents, that we teach our children in the right way and that the faith that God has given us that we pass it on to our children. Now, listen, we can't force them. I can't make my son, I can't make my daughter, I can't make his friends, I can't make them Christians, I can't make them believers, but you know what? I plant the seed for them and I believe one day when I train them in the right way that they should go, they will not depart from it. Huh? This verse in Exodus, I love it so much. It says, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and they obey my commands. You know, it's amazing. I've seen my dad through the thick and thin, tough situations, but he continued to walk in the ways of God. I've seen the obedience on my father, and it became an example in my life that when I did go away, I started to say, well, man, my dad did this, and man, this happened for dad. I mean, it was important. Thank God for my father. Thank God for my mother. Thank God for my mother calling me in college when I didn't want to go anywhere, when I was sitting in bed halfway drunk because I went out, went out the night before and she was calling me, hey, boy, you getting up to go to church? Man, mom, I got a headache right now. You're calling me at 7 in the morning. But she didn't stop. 
persistence because you know what? She knew that I have a son. I'm going to pray for him, and I've trained him up in the right way, and I'm believing that Jesus Christ is going to come back and raise this boy from his old lifestyle and bring him into the new lifestyle because of my prayers. Faith. Faith. When I, I just want to move on. I want you to understand that Isaac should have been familiar with his father's faith. Remember, Isaac was blessed. Isaac should have been familiar with that. Why? Because the promise came to Abraham about Isaac being born, and it wasn't until 25 years later that the promise was received, that Isaac was born. So I'm sure Abraham said, son, man, we waited a long time for you. Huh? And then I believe Isaac was also familiar with his father's obedience because he went up that mountain with his dad and they didn't have anything to sacrifice. He was a sacrifice. And I'm sure he saw his dad start about to sacrifice him and God stops him because there's a ram in the bush. And I'm sure Isaac said, man, God, thank you. I've seen you be obedient. I don't know why you did it, though, Dad. Can you have used somebody else? Huh? Bring the other brother over here. Because Isaac needed to see that. Why? Because there were some experiences that he was going to have. Look at this. He got married to Rebecca when he was 40 years old. Now the promises are going to go through him. Descendants are going to be in the land of Canaan, going to take over the land. And the people of uh, the Jews were going to be in, right there in that land because of that family. 40 years old, got married and didn't have children until 20 years later. Let me let you hear Isaac's prayer, because I believe that Isaac could pray this way because of his family. Genesis 25, 21 through 23. Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer and Rebecca became pregnant with twins. Wow, double portion, huh? I asked for one. God gave me two. Right. But listen to this. But the two children struggled with each other in her womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me, she asked. And this is what God said. He said, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other. And listen to this. And your older son will serve your younger. Now, this probably blew their minds. I'm having twins. I have the promise. And a lot of times when we get the promise, we just want things to be comfortable. God bless me, but, but can you bless me in a way that I don't have to work too hard? Can, can you bless me and not test my faith? Because right now, the, in, old, in those times, the inheritance should, would have gone to the what? The older son. Right? But, but God is telling them, no, I'm, this is not what's going to happen. And so we're going to talk about this story because a lot of times God's story is not quite our story. And we look at the two brothers, the battle between Jacob and Esau started in the womb because it foreshadowed the two nations of Israel and also Edom. They were going to be at odds all throughout Scripture, right? But listen to this. The battle escalated in the home because of Isaac and Rebekah's attitudes towards their sons. Sometimes, parents, when we bring some negativity and some wrong 
and some distrust in God, we pass it on to our what? Our kids. Huh? I've done it. I'm not perfect. I'm passing things on to my son. I know playing ball. I'm like, I'm like trying to teach my kid one way. Mason, man, be gentle with your sister, man. Come on, she's a little girl, man. And then the next moment, hey, boy, on the basketball court, why don't you go hit him? He's like, man, Dad, what, what, what you want me to be? Who you want me to be? Huh? And so we've all been in situations where we've given some things to our kids. We've passed some things on to them that probably wasn't the right thing. But, but look, look what happened with, with Isaac and with Rebecca. They show favoritism to the kids. Huh? Esau, he liked to go hunting. That, that brother liked to be outside. He was hairy, you know what I'm saying? Man's man, right? So Jacob liked him. But then my, my man, <laughs> Jacob, he was a quiet temperament. He was just, yeah, kind of soft-spoken. And he liked to be at home cooking with moms. And so Rebecca, she's like, hey, that, that's my boy. But, man, it, it's amazing what happens when you start showing favoritism to kids because you start to brew conflict between the kids. I have Sadie and Mason. I love them the same. Now, don't get me wrong. I may treat Sadie a little bit softer. That's my new girl. I'm tough on my son a little bit. But what we try not to do is for them to understand or even think or even fathom that I prefer him over his sister. I have more conversations with Mason. We talk some man stuff. You know what I'm saying? We get, we get at it. Sadie, she and mama riding horses, jumping over things and all that stuff. But, but her mom doesn't tell her, hey, 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 I, I like you more than my son. We love our kids. We try to bring some godly influence in our kids. And I believe parents, we got to be careful of that, okay? Because that goes a long, long way, right? I, I want you to understand that your children will catch what you throw at them. Ooh. Listen to this. Husbands, wives, dishonor your wife or emasculate your husband with demeaning words, they'll catch it. Keeping secrets from your spouse with the kids, they'll catch it. Now, now, I I will be honest with you, my children can't game me and Courtney. They can't game me and my wife because I tell you what, if mom says no, if you come back and ask dad the same question, and mom already told you, no, we got a problem in the house. Let's have a family meeting, discussion, because we're going to get the truth out of this. Because, listen, they're not going to get me in trouble with mom. I, I got to go to bed with mom. I don't have to go to bed with y'all. So I'm taking mom's side, okay? But, but you, you have to be careful with that. But I want you to know, listen, we're not perfect, right? Isaac and Rebecca weren't perfect. Jacob steals Esau's birthright, deception. Esau despises his birthright. He's impulsive. He's like, he, like, he likes temporal things over spiritual things. Give me the now. I don't want to wait till later. Right? Isaac promises to bless Esau, although God had already told him that Jacob would receive the blessing. Rebekah and Jacob, they plot against Esau so they can steal his blessing. Huh? Esau plans to kill his brother. Families, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I don't ever want you to believe that me and my beautiful wife, Courtney, we got it, everything together. 
We do some things because of our sin nature, because of our human side. I want you to know families aren't perfect, but God's story for your life is perfect. Huh? His story doesn't need edits or add-ons. God doesn't need a, he doesn't need a co-author. God doesn't need you to start writing for him and saying, oh, well, God, you're a little bit too slow. Huh? I need to speed this up in my life, right? God, God doesn't need that. Our primary part in the story is to trust God and to obey God. You, you want to know where we fit in the story? Trust him. Be obedient to him. Because our highest form of obedience is our faith. Dude, are we starting to see what the promises of God and how Abraham was counted as righteous because of his what? His faith? Is this resonating across the room about how faith is important in our Christian walk? Are you catching it? Huh? We've got to catch that, church. Now, I want to ask a serious question. Have you ever tried to rewrite God's story for your life? Man, listen. I'm great at taking the pen and trying to write something. Hey, God, I know you called me to be a pastor, but man, coaching looks better to me. I think I can minister to the kids on the basketball court. I don't have to be involved with a church. Can I grab your pen? God, I know your story for you. I had some dreams about that story. I know you've been talking to me and the spiritual stuff, but the temporal stuff feeds my ego. Can I take the pen from you for a little while so I can just feel good? Man, I've grabbed the pen from God so many times in my life because I didn't want to walk in the ways God saw fit for my life. I didn't think his, his story was perfect for me. And I believe in the room, there's many of us here today, you're looking at your life and saying, why is this happening to me? I'm telling you, you're in the perfect story, and what's going to happen in that story, God's going to reveal himself to you, and your life will never be the same. Yeah. I'm telling you, just keep, keep the pen in God's hand and stop trying to do your own things, because when you do your own things, that's called disobedience, and disobedience can't get blessed. Yeah. If you look at the stories all throughout the promises, God promised a lot of things to Abraham, and it says, you know what? He obeyed God. He listened to the commands of God. I'm telling you to be smart because I wasn't as smart, so I want to teach you and hope you catch it, what I'm throwing at you, because I've done those things, and there was no reward in it, but when I start to follow God, when I gave God the pen back, I saw the blessings come in my life, not just from the temporal, not just from the earthly things, but I saw the spiritual blessings come into my life so I can steward or manage my earthly blessings. I've been like Rebecca. Genesis 27, 8 and 10. Look at what Rebecca was telling her son, Jacob, when she was trying to convince him to steal Esau's blessing. Now, my son, listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks and bring them, bring two goats, young goats. I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. Then take the food to your father so he can eat it and bless you before he dies. Listen to me. Didn't consult God. God already told her that the younger would what? Would be over the, the younger would be over the older. 
right? But, but it wasn't fast enough. I was, she was getting a little bit impatient. And sometimes, God, in our lives, there's some things happening, and we got to have it right now because we're impatient. And that's why the gift of the Holy Spirit is so important because we don't have patience on our own, right? I'm not a patient man on my own. I want things to happen. But what God has done in my life over time, okay, he slowed me down to where I can just say, hey, God, can you please reveal to me what's going on? I need your help. I'm struggling with this because I'm ready to go. But God, please, your timing is always the perfect timing in my life. Your timing is always the perfect timing in my life. And God has had to what? He had to stop me. Okay, stop working, stop working, and it's a void. I've been working, 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 nothing coming out of it. So God had to say, listen, Myron, stop. I've got the perfect story for you. Y'all receive that? When I look at Esau, though, Esau was different from the rest of the family. Esau didn't really care about God's story. Spiritual matters, they weren't even important to Esau. Now, now Rebecca used some trickery and Jacob used some, they did some things, deception. But you know what they were doing? They were always, they understood the importance of the story. They understood the promises. They understood what that meant and they wanted to be a part of that. Because what I just told you earlier is that with the promise, it led to what? The savior of the world, Jesus Christ, and us having faith in Jesus, which led to the Holy Spirit being on the inside of us. Now Gentiles are also saved. So that story went a long, long way. That promise was not just from the big, where they started off in Genesis, but that promise goes to the new covenant, which you, me, you and I, we're experiencing right now. So it, it was something that was very important. But, but Esau was not very interested in those things of spiritual matters. I need what I need now, God, what I can see right now. I don't care about all that stuff. And then Genesis 25, 34 explains Esau, the type of man he was. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and little, and little stew, okay? So he gave him a little soup, a little gumbo. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. Some translations translation say he despised his birthright because he needed something now. God, I'm not interested in what's going to happen later and what you're going to do for the other people. I need the blessing for me. I don't want the blessings to come through me. Give, give me something now, God. I, I don't want to be blessed to be in blessing. Just give me a handout. I, I, I need this. And, and so we got to be careful that our hands aren't out all the time and we're not giving to other people. I, I tell you what happens. This is what I learned in my life. When I started to give, when I started to care, when the power of the Holy Spirit started to activate in my life, you know what happened? I, I, I ended up receiving more. God ended up giving me more because he can trust me with more. But when I had my hands tight, man, I'm not giving, I don't want to give no tithes and offer. I'm just giving you what's been the example in my life. Okay? Esau despised his birthright because he considered it less significant than a bowl of stew. He settled for temporary satisfaction over hanging onto something much more spiritually valuable. And the birthright was so important, y'all, because the birthright was an honor that was given to the firstborn. It was given to him so he can inherit his father's possession and so that he would have position, head of the household. The birthright was important, right? I think sometimes we have the same mentality as Esau. Follow me alone. Just, just follow me. 
I think sometimes we say, give me my possessions, but I don't want to change who I am. Give me my blessings, but I don't want to receive my promotion. I'll take the stuff without the authority. Give me a raise, but don't make me a manager. I want more blessings, but less responsibilities. That's dangerous. You want something for nothing. And we've all been there. But I want to tell you that when you are a believer in Jesus Christ, it's time for us to stop. We're not going to do that. We're not going to our jobs and asking for these promotions without us wanting to come back and do the part that we're supposed to play. We're not going to do that any longer. You know why? Because we're children of God. We have a position. Now God has promoted us to a new status. And you know what? We're not going to act like the old woman or the old man. We're going to stop that in the church. God had to help me. No, I'm Aaron. You, you've got to honor me. You, you, if I, when I bless you, there's some things that I, that I want you to do. I don't need you to do it. You should be happy that I'm allowing you to do it. Listen to this. Sometimes we say this. Bless my household, but I don't want to be head of the household. Men of God, I, I want my blessings to come all in my family, but I don't want to take my rightful responsibility of leading my family. Bless my children, but I don't want to train them in the ways of God. Bless my finances, but I don't want to live within my means. Bless my life, God, but I don't want to die to my old life. There's somebody today, there's somebody today, and we want to help you because we love you. We're not fussing at you. We love you enough to let you understand that. If you don't die to your old life, you'll keep reaping the same old things. God loves you too much to to let you sit in where you are. Yes, he'll meet you there, but he wants to pull you out of that Maury clay. Huh? Sometimes we say, bless my relationships, but I don't want to pursue an intimate relationship with Christ. At times we're like Esau, right? We, We want, we want, we want, give me God, but I don't want to change who I am. God knew that the family would fall short. But listen to this. But God honored his word with Abraham and passed the blessing on to Isaac anyway. And, and I'm telling you all this because, yes, you may be struggling with all these different things, but God hasn't given up on you. I, I don't want you to leave out of here and just where somebody, this message is beating you. No, this message is elevating us. It's bringing us up, including myself. This message is saying, listen, even though you mess up, God still loves you, and God still prepared a way for you. He still has purpose and plans in your life. Vic, if you can come back. There are times that, just like within communion, God has to remind us of the promise. Today we took communion. God reminded us of the new covenant. He reminded us of the promise of the Holy Spirit as well through Jesus Christ. Our faith in Jesus, right? Our faith in Jesus has all, we've also been considered righteous. 
Not without faith in Jesus, the blood of Jesus coming on that cross because of the blood, our sins are forgiven and we're a new man and we're a new woman. And the promise of the Holy Spirit is inside of us. New man, new woman, and now we're going to a new home which is in heaven. There's a lot of new things happening in the kingdom of God. Don't you see when you become, what, born again? There's some newness of life, huh? And, and I want you to understand that there are times we have to be reminded. I have to be reminded of who God is, who Jesus is, what he's done on the cross. Isaac, too, had to be reminded of who God is, the promises that God had in his life. Because God knew that Isaac would mess up. God knew that me and you, we're not going to be perfect. But God comes back and reminds us so that our faith can increase. So in chapter 26, God comes to Isaac. In a very vulnerable time, he comes to Isaac so he can remind Isaac of who he is and the promises that God has on his life and what those promises mean, not only through Abraham, but it was going to be pushed down through the descendants of Isaac as well. And he says this in Genesis 26, 4 and 5. I will cause your descendants, Isaac, to become as numerous as the stars of the sky. Who did he tell that to? Isaac's dad, his father Abraham. Same, same words, right? And I will give them all these lands, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now, I'm making that promise with you, Isaac. I made it with your father, but now that promise keeps going on because my words cannot return void. It must accomplish what it is meant out to accomplish. Verse 5, I will do this because... Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my commands, my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. I would do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. So basically what God was telling Isaac is that Obedience is the key that unlocks the promises of God. Bless me, God. I want to experience your promises. Trust him and obey him. Scripture tells us about obedience. When, you, when you're obedient to God, Scripture says God will bless us. God will save us. God will watch over us. God will also take care of us for those who obey him. Miss Heidi said this, and I remember this when I first came to our Savior's church. You never know what's on the other side of your obedience. Opelousas, you, know you know what I'm talking about. I want you to know, Opelousas, that your life will go as far as you believe. You, you want to go further in life? You want to be prosperous and successful in all the ways, earthly blessings, spiritual blessings, believe in God. I, I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. I'm talking about the goodness of God and God loving his children so much and all he wants from you in that story, get the pen out of your hands, give it back to God, and you just start walking. You start walking in the ways that God has told you to walk. Apollosus, God loves us. The promises of God 
just like it was given to Isaac and Abraham, God has given us a promise. We have a new home in heaven. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's the reign and rule of God, which is here on this earth as it is in heaven. We have a responsibility within our community that other people who don't believe in Christ, they're watching us and they're wanting to see if there's a real God. And their first look at a real God could be through you and me. I am confident that we're going to change by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to change this region. I strongly believe that God's going to do miracles through his people. But it requires some faith. It requires faith. And so at this time, with every head bowed, all eyes closed. God is speaking to us, Apollosus. He's speaking to someone today. God says, I I want all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. God wants us to be born again, not physical birth, but spiritual birth. And there's somebody today who's just seeking. You, you, you're, you're begging for a relationship. And the only relationship that you need at this time is Jesus Christ. And if that's you, Nobody's watching. If you want to be born again, if you want to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit that's going to empower you to do great and mighty things, if that's you this morning, would you put your hands up? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I see the hands. Thank you. Nobody's watching but me. Thank you so much. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your humility. And today you're telling God that I want to be born again. I want the kingdom of God to be upon my life. The Bible says no man can see or enter the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And being born again, is this, it's as simple as ABC. First, you must admit you are a sinner. B, believe that Jesus died on the cross. C, confess that God is the Lord and Savior. Believe that God raised him from the dead. And that's all, it, that's all it takes. And you know what happens when you believe instantaneously? Instantaneously, when you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and he's your Lord and your Savior, you repent of your sins, instantaneously, the Holy Spirit comes inside you. And now he resides in you, in your body for the rest of your life. And so if we can join our faith with all those who raise their hands, we can join our faith with theirs and repeat this prayer. The prayer won't save you, but the confession, all you're doing is confessing your life to God, confessing your sins, telling God that you love him and that you want him as your Lord and Savior. Please repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross you took my guilt my sin and my shame and you died for it I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go but you rose on the third day to give me a place in heaven a purpose on earth
and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin. I am now born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my comforter. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give God some praise? <laughs>